0: This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 56 is brought to you by Blueberry Markets. One of the only good things about the world falling apart around us is that the trading becomes very, very good. And I know I keep saying this, but guys, I've been waiting four years for this to happen. And it's here, and it looks like it's going to be here for a while. Do not sit there and do nothing while everybody else takes advantage of this. Trade Forex, and trade with my number one recommended broker in the entire world for non-Americans. If you click the link below, that will take you to the blog. keeps you updated on everything you need to know. And at the bottom of that blog is the link you need to click to get a cashback bonus and your own personal concierge. Then get to trading on MT4 or MT5. Whether you're looking for a primary broker or a secondary broker, If you're outside the United States, Blueberry Markets is the way to go. If you're inside the United States, you know what to do. i got a link down below for you as well. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and as George Gammon would say, it is stiff drink time. If you're in the Western Hemisphere and you want to get your morning started, I will not judge you. Uh, Because as grim as I have been the last few weeks, uh, we are going to hopefully... End all of the negativity with a bang here. Now, we spoke last week about a lot of weird, um, out of nowhere, unreasonable positivity in the markets, hoping for some kind of rebound in stocks and crypto. Uh, You know, I have no real idea where it was coming from, Uh, but I told you guys not to believe the hype, and then this week we have gone down even further. And keep in mind, every time we go down further in stocks and in crypto, you know, a brand new set of liquidations begins to happen. Now, long-term, this is good because it gets all of the bad investors out of the way, gets all the bad firms out of the way, and it allows us to start over again. Um, The problem is this time, I don't think we'll be officially starting over again for a long time. How long is long? Are you asking me when? Are you asking that question again? I don't know. Um, But I started to make my case last week and on the blog. I will link the blog down below. It's important that you read this week's entry. You should be checking in all the time. I put a new blog up every week now. Uh, but I expanded on the six major crises that have yet to happen. You know, I had thought that any one of these six would have been the catalyst for the downfall, but the downfall has already began and gotten momentum without any of these six crises even taking place yet. Now, those crises, once again, include housing, bonds, energy, food, credit, and an escalation in the war. Now, if you want to add on a seventh and say other wars that could be proliferating from the war we already have, or certainly from the energy crisis, which always happens. I mean, God, how many wars have we already had just to secure the energy that's there? You know, imagine when countries start running out. So that's a seventh. And honestly, if you wanted to add in a runaway inflation too, that could be an eighth. Yeah, you know, So with all of these things still to happen, and with the majority of them likely to happen this decade, probably sooner than later, you know, energy and food almost certainly sooner, I challenge anybody out there to present to me a bull case for stocks or crypto makes no difference that is strong enough to override the bear case I just presented you. It's going to take a lot. More than you probably have the ability to present at this point. Now, of course, there are going to be rallies in between, price moves and waves. You have to trick people into getting back on board and making them think the worst is over. Mainstream financial media does a very good job of this. But there will come a time, and we saw it back in 2008, we saw it for a moment in 2020, where they will flip bearish too. Believe it or not, there are a lot of investors on Wall Street and on Main Street that still take mainstream financial media seriously. Mainstream financial media wants this because that means people will continue to buy products from their sponsors, which means the sponsors stick around, which means everybody gets paid. But if they continue to be bullish while the sky is falling, people are going to finally start to see these media outlets for what they actually are. And that is nothing more than bull market cheerleaders. They had their time, it's over, And I just don't know how much longer it's going to be until they realize it. But they will flip bear soon enough. Believe me. And you'll see it. And then for a lot of people, this official recession and bear market will have began. Because remember, most people are very, very late to the party. Now, there will be some of you out there because we're all contrarians. Uh, But understand, there's a time and a place for this. Okay? There's going to be contrarians out there saying, well, everybody's bearish. So isn't this the time to start getting bullish? Uh, and then I would say back to you, you know, maybe short to short midterm, but that's not really how I invest or how most of us invest here. You know, the most contrarian thing we did years ago was talk about just how bad it's going to get and how it's likely to be a prolonged process. Because yes, I do think this is going to take a very long time to wash out. And during this time, it's not going to be a time to get cute and try to get bullish. Simply because everybody's panicking. You know, some of you are familiar with Stephen Van Meter, the Bond King, and he said something really interesting. He said, "Uh, you know, the bear market is finally over when people finally stop saying to buy the dip. And I thought this was very interesting, but I would actually go further. I think that does need to happen. Um, But I think in this particular case, we're still going to need a couple years, possibly more after that phenomenon occurs. Before overall markets finally start getting bullish again. And there are two main reasons why I say this. First off, when things were supposed to get bad, but they never did, and they just kept getting good all the time, who was responsible for that? It was the Fed. The Fed could make the market do whatever they wanted it to do, simply by putting a narrative out there, or printing copious amounts of money. And placing it back into the bond market, which made everything else go up too. Oh, and by keeping rates very low. So you had all this free money that could go anywhere it wanted to. Now in the future, the Fed can still do those things. But if you've been following and you've been paying attention, it seems pretty clear that the Fed has lost control of their ability to control anything anymore. All those contrarian macro guys were right. They backed themselves into such a corner. They built such a big house of cards that there's no longer anything they can do to fight their way out of it. And this is true. Look at what they're doing to fight inflation. Raising rates, which makes everybody move their money from equities to cash, which crashes economies. They did this to curb inflation, and it's not working. From about 2016 up until maybe really 2021, honestly, all of Wall Street hung on every word Jerome Powell said because he had that much influence Over whether the market went up or down. And it was funny, they didn't even really have to listen to him. The market just always went up because of Fed policy, not because of economics and the way things are supposed to work, but because of Fed policy. Fed policy that no longer has the ability to do what it used to do. And so all of these investors and all these institutions that had supreme confidence in the Fed to make things better and to fix any problems that sprung up along the way are now losing confidence in the Fed's ability to do anything every single week that time goes on. Their confidence gets progressively worse. Now, in a perfect world, we would have done what we should have done a long time ago and just let things wash out naturally and start anew. But I just don't think this is going to happen. The Fed is still going to be the Fed. As much as some people want the Fed to go away forever, I don't see that happening. And they will simply continue to make things worse or stifle any kind of natural recovery that we could have had in the future. When the Fed had the power and the influence, they could goose the economy any way they wanted to, and make stocks go back up, which was also good for crypto, let's be honest. But I'm pretty sure that time has passed. Now the second thing, for all you geopolitical people out there, is how globalization, um, in other words, cheap, available stuff, is almost completely gone now. I don't think we'll ever see the prices of things that we saw back in 2019. Everything will be getting more expensive. Everything will be less abundant than it was before. And it's going to take the world a long time to adjust to that. Because almost all of us have never known a world like this. You know, people keep running around saying how bad it's gotten. I think this is only the beginning. I hate to be this guy. But I was this guy before. Saying things during the cocaine party of the late 2010s. Back when nobody would listen. Yeah, so again, based on everything I've told you and all of these things that still have yet to happen, yet should, where's the strong bull case? How do we recover from this quickly? How is any kind of recovery that we do have nothing more than a retracement on a chart? A suckers rally. Buckle up, kids. It's going to be a ride. So look, man, I want this to be the end at least for a while of all the negativity. I've been super negative the last few episodes, and I think it needs to be said, but I can't just keep doing this. You know, I'm an eternal optimist, but I'm also a realist. It's this weird juxtaposition of things. You know, but at the end of the day, we are a solutions-based podcast. So let's review real quickly some of the things you can do while this happens. Now, I don't need to tell you guys to play the long game. I think I've done a very good job of stacking the deck with people who get it. You know, moon boys and dim-witted investors, you know, they don't listen to this podcast. There are much better media outlets for those people. You know, so I feel like I'm talking to people that already kind of know and understand what's going on. And if your asymmetric bets don't pay off for years, then that's going to be okay because it's worth the wait. And learning about new opportunities and adding to your portfolios is every bit as exciting, if not more exciting, than watching those portfolios finally go up. But look, the first thing you need to do is survive. You know, rule number one, don't die. Or rule number one, don't run out of money. You can't play with no chips. So in my opinion, and I am not a financial advisor, don't do anything I say, but in my opinion, the best thing to do right now is to stack cash, preferably United States dollar, and take those dollars and spread some of them out to other banking institutions, bonus points if you can do it in other countries, and into a basket of other currencies, Now, as to which types of banks and which currencies and things like that, we have covered all of this on the channel already. Uh, Simply go to my YouTube channel and run a search. I also think physical gold is going to be very important here. Something else we have covered in depth on this channel. I still think there's a lot of people who are afraid to convert their cash into physical gold, which I think is weird. Uh, Over time, I would do my best to make that whole uh, transition not weird and just go out and make it happen. And as I said at the top of the show, it's unfortunate, but one of the best things to come out of a terrible market is the trading becomes amazing. And for the last four years, I've done my best to get all of you to become amazing, smart, disciplined traders, trend traders, who are uniquely primed to take advantage of moments like this. It's the best part about trading. It doesn't matter if the market goes up or down, as long as it is going up or down. There will always be lots of opportunity. Trading is completely recession-proof, and it's one of the best ways to play offense when there are very few offensive opportunities to be had. And like I said, on this podcast, moving forward, I'm going to try to ditch most of the negativity and talk about positive things, like our watch list. We've already had a couple things put on the watch list. This is going to be something that you will write down or put on a spreadsheet. And if you're interested in these things, you track them. You follow them. You learn more about them. And from a price standpoint, you set your own little price zones so when your charts finally tell you to go, you start accumulating, fully understanding that you will probably have many opportunities to dollar cost average down on the way. I think this is a much more intelligent method than simply trying to pick the bottom, which one, we never do here. Two, you don't have the ability to do because nobody does. And three, you're going to miss out on a generational opportunity to re-enter at bargain basement prices into companies and projects that are clearly going to be winners in the future. Now, again, be careful. Don't invest in these things at the expense of you surviving. You know, if all of these investments were to go to zero, would you still be okay? You know, that answer better be yes. Survive first. Rule number one, You know, and as a bonus, maybe this is a really good time to work on lowering your overhead as well. You know, how much money you actually end up with at the end of the month is a two sided equation how much you make and how much you don't spend. There's going to come a moment in time where everybody tries to sell off everything they own. And if you try to do it then, you're going to have a really hard time. So the time to downsize is probably now. You know, and coming from somebody who's pretty minimalist, I can say that I don't miss. And 95% of the things that I got rid of. I mean, would I like to have, you know, a home, a place I can base out of that's large enough to have a nice big closet and a bourbon cellar and a recording studio and a big kitchen? Sure. Yeah, I I would like to have that, but I'm not, I'm not going to buy something like that at the top of the market. You know, I will buy something like that at the bottom when everybody is finally panic selling their homes for bargain basement prices because most of the buyers have run out of money during this recession. You know, that's when I'll finally settle down and start to do something like that. I am willing to wait. I am willing to wait as long as it takes for this whole thing to shake out. Because the upside is just too tremendous. Now I can say these things to you, you know, you understand it, you get it. But I can't run around saying these things to anybody else. They think I am completely out of my mind crazy. But all I'm doing over here is the same thing rich people do. During economic downturns, they just stack cash and chill. And then when everything finally gets cheap again, they come in like scavengers and buy it all up. Then lather, rinse, repeat. And if that makes me crazy, then it looks like I get to be crazy. Which is fine by me. Because that means unlike all those people who ran out of money, when things finally do get cheap again, however long that takes, I will also get to be very, very early.